Hello, and welcome back to Father Fed Galaxy, Star Wars podcast. We're proud to introduce a new segment to our podcast called Star Wars in Our Community, where we discuss the space saga with our friends and neighbors. for this episode is Jared Skids, an MBA student at Misericordia University in Dallas, Pennsylvania. He's also an athlete and plays defensive back for the Misericordia Cougars. Welcome to Father from Galaxy. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of this. Uh, I subscribed earlier in the summer. I've been a huge fan since. I tune into your guys' live chat, so it's awesome to be here. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're doing live streams every Thursday for She-Hulk now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll do, uh, yeah. I saw, I saw the last one for the last episode and you got a spoiler review. So yeah, I, I, uh, I did watch right. that. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler reviews. So Jared, thank you so much for being on the podcast. So I, so you and Keith, you know, know each other um, because you were a camp counselor um, this past summer with Keith, and I've heard that you and Keith had had many long hours of discussing Star Wars. So uh, my first question to you is, how did the subject of Star Wars come up? You know, it's funny. Uh, I remember being at camp like a few times during the summer, and I was a part of the Mangoes, and there's a kid in that group who would come up to me every day and ask me every day for a new summary of like one of the Star Wars movies. We start off with Phantom Menace and like I would go every day and we'd explain it. I'd explain it. And then he'd be like, okay, can you tell me about the next movie tomorrow? I'd be like, no problem. And I guess somewhere along the lines, I think Keith might've showed up in a Star Wars shirt or something. And I was like, oh, Keith, you like Star Wars? And I was already talking about it with the other kids and that just kicked it off. And then there was one day where we were both just sitting up at the front and we, uh, we talked about like Sam Raimi for like a solid two hours, me, him, and, uh, Hans, the uh, other camp counselor. It was a great time. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. That was like a week or two before camping. We were just talking about The Last Jedi, The Rise of Skywalker, and Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yep, yep that's exactly right. Or Bruce mm-hmm. Campbell. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to talk yep. about. Yes, there is a lot. And mainly it was just Star Wars because that was the third day and I came in with like this Clone Wars helmet shirt and I had like a, the Bad Batch and clones and the Mandalorians. And I think that was the day you were like, oh, do you like Star Wars? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, you love it. You love it. Yeah, I remember our one conversation about our mutual disappointment in the sequel trilogy. So that's one that stuck with me. That's one that stuck with me. They set it up perfect with Force Awakens, and then Ryan Awakens. Johnson came in and. <laughs> but um, yeah. So where did you grow up? So, uh, a fun fact: not a lot of people know about me. I was actually born in Rochester, New Hampshire. Um, I only lived there for like a month or two, and then we moved to uh, Tom's River, New Jersey, and I grew up there until I was probably four, and then since then, I've lived in King of Prussia my entire life, and now I, uh, I'm living in Dallas right now. I live here most of the year since college, college football, but 
yeah, the, I grew up in King of Prussia. I went to Upper Marion. Uh, I was a part of the Voyagers in fifth grade uh, at the middle school. So, yeah, grew up here, played sports here. Uh, King of Prussia is absolutely my home. Well, now it's like Adventures and Pathfinders and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had Voyagers, Pathfinders, Adventures, and I forget Explorers, yeah, what you said. Yeah, well, now, now there's no Voyagers and there's Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the spirit of the Voyagers lives on. <laughs> In the Trailblazers. <laughs> um, when did you become a Star Wars fan? When did I become a Star Wars fan? So back when I was a kid, this might be an ancient relic now. I, I know your father remembers, but there's a place called Blockbuster. And I would go to Blockbuster all the time. It was basically like a place where you go and rent DVDs and uh, video games and stuff. And when I would go there, I would always, every time I went there, there was three video games I would rent. And then I would grab a VHS tape off the rack. And it was Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic, uh, one and two, and then Star Wars Bounty Hunter. And I absolutely loved those games. So whenever I would go to Blockbuster, I'd grab those. And uh, often I would grab the original trilogy. And my go-to movie at the time was uh, Return of the Jedi. But since then, I've grown to appreciate Empire Strikes Back much more. But um, Return of the Jedi at the time, I used to grab. I used to love that movie. Like a lot of kids loved like the. Like my brother loved Lion King. He would watch Lion King over and over again. For me, it was Return of the Jedi. So. I watched that over and over and over again. That's kind of how I fell in love with Star Wars. Uh, funny enough, Lego Star Wars uh, really like just ingrained the love for me. Like I thought the way they did that game, it's just so funny and goofy, but it really does like paint the whole Star Wars. Exactly. Oh, there goes Lego Daredevil or whoever that was. Captain America. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. That'll do it. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. So, what's your favorite Star Wars character? Um, so, I really love Obi-Wan. Uh, I just always loved him my whole life. And he, he's, he's probably my favorite character. I think he's the most, like, in the middle character in the entire series. Like, granted, he, like, leans towards, like, the Jedi Order and leans into the, the idea of it. But it's not like he has, like, an undying loyalty to it so with like some of the extreme Jedi, like maybe like Mace Windu or something. And he wasn't so, he wasn't so turned against it in the way that Anakin was. And I think Obi-Wan kind of planted the seed for the idea of like a gray Jedi in a sense. Um, I don't think he necessarily was, but I think he kind of like established that a little bit on the flip side though. I absolutely love Palpatine. I think, like the way he was able to manufacture a two front war and then like uh, basically establish his presence within the separatists while growing his like power within the Senate until ultimately establishing emperor. I think like the way that is told is just like so spectacular. And I don't think enough people give credit for how much like the prequels really do put into perspective, how devious Star Sidious was. It's 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 really incredible to me. Yeah, that's I, I agree with you. Um, you know, we were talking about Return of the Jedi, how that was your favorite movie. Very similar to me, uh, for a very long time, Return of the Jedi was my favorite movie. And one of the reasons was because of Palpatine. I just thought he was just so evil. And you know, he he made that film for me. And to go back and see you know, his rise to power in the prequel trilogy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
um, Star Wars gets politics correct, I feel. And, uh, you know, just oh my you know, gosh, yes. to think that a politician, you know, would be the one who would have this much power over, um, you know, over his, uh, over the galaxy and then manipulate, you know, two sides, right, to get into this war just for him, just so that he can at some point take over and rule the galaxy. I, I just thought it was well done. Yeah. I actually- think like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's a scene in Revenge of the Sith where Padme is sitting in the Senate chamber as they elect Palpatine as emperor. And in that scene, she says, so this is how democracy dies with roaring applause. And I was just like, wow, that's, that's exactly, yeah. Like you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what happened. She's like, so this is how liberty dies or something like that. Yeah. Something along those lines. So. And I wonder if I, if I can ask you another question. Um, so you grew up loving sports, enjoying sports. We're going to talk more about sports. And you're also a Star Wars fan. So my question is, when you were growing up, did you have uh, friends who are both Star Wars and sports fans? Or did you have two groups of friends, like one who enjoyed fantasy films and one who enjoyed sports? So that's that's a fantastic question. Um, honestly, I... The, the simple answer would be no. I, I would say most of my friends growing up were established through sports. And then, like, I think growing up, a lot of people are afraid to say what they love. And, like, uh, just because of ridicule or something along the lines. For me, I always had a foot, like, I felt like in every kind of facet, like, friend group-wise. Like, I was a very outgoing kid growing up. So, like, I, I, I could hang out with the sports kids. I could hang out with, like, the... GIVP kids like me and Keith like it really it was very fluid for me so like it was always very easy for me to like be myself and say like oh I love anime I love Marvel like this was when the old Spider-Man movies were coming out like I love Spider-Man I love Star Wars like I remember like we would uh we would play like Call of Duty Zombies and like in the background I'd have like a Star Wars movie playing and they'd be like turn it off I'd be like yeah like I gotta tap in like you know so I think that's a great question. I think it definitely got easier as I got older to like kind of, I think people were more open about talking about it. And I think especially now you look at guys in the NFL, like Miles Garrett, who are talking about playing Dungeons and Dragons. Like I play Dungeons and Dragons. So like, I think it's cool that like, it's not something that is so like foreign now. Like there's the scene in Stranger Things where everybody thinks that, uh, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, so they're in a cult. But it's like it's just like a you wouldn't get it unless you do it. It's just like you just have to get into it. So I think that's a great question. But I would say I would say I've never really had a problem with uh, talking about it amongst any people I'm with. So, uh, what are your favorite? <coughs> your favorite movie and your favorite TV series? So my favorite movie. I would say, I would say off bat, Revenge of the Sith. I think that movie just really is so much, it's exactly what Star Wars is. Like you get every piece of storytelling from the series pretty much jumbled into one. And I think Empire Strikes Back as a like piece of, I don't know, art, art form. I think it, it is that it's, 
it's well done. Like it's better like put together than Revenge of the Sith. But I think there's a special place in my heart for Revenge of the Sith. I went to see it in theaters when it came out opening day. That was like, I saw it in the big IMAX at King of Prussia. So I just, I absolutely love that movie. I, yeah, that that's definitely my favorite there. As for the TV shows, I have a Mandalorian t-shirt on right now. I would say that's, that's definitely my favorite TV show. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Obi-Wan. Um, I know a lot of, it gets a lot of hate, but I think it was a fantastic show. I think they, I think the criticisms of fan service is, is like uh, legitimate, but I will say, I, I also think it could have been a movie. I think they could have cut a lot out, but for what it was, I was just happy that I got to live in a life where an Obi-Wan series came out like something after revenge of the sith and in between a new hope with anakin and obi-wan i was just happy to be able to see that so i love that show for what it was and i did like obi-wan like obi-wan was a good show i don't know why people don't like it i mean let's be real not not every show can be oh my gosh the go 100 percent great but obi-wan was pretty close to there i liked the show and we were also fans of the Mandalorian, right? Definitely Mandalorian. Yeah, 100% there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the great, the goat. Right. As soon as we heard about the Mandalorian, you know, we signed up for Disney Plus. Uh, it was in 2019, I remember. Keith and I would watch every single episode, and then the next day we would start talking about the episode. Yeah, and I think after that first season of the Mandalorian, it was kind of like, you know, I got to see what happens. And it was kind of you that made me want to watch the Mandalorian because I'm like, it's Star Wars. It's a mm-hmm. new show. Right. I want to watch it. Right, right. And maybe maybe Nick Fury will show up with the mission for us. Sign up for Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it was because of the Mandalorian is the reason why we wanted to start this podcast because, you know, we just love talking about Star Wars. And, it was you a know, bonding thing. Yeah, exactly, right. I mean, it's nice, you know, the two of us talking, but you know, it's also better to be a, a part, yeah, be yeah. a part of a larger community. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think what you guys are doing is awesome. I actually just watched one of your episodes just to psych myself up for the podcast, but I watched one of your episodes where you talk about how you like tuned into Mandalorian like during COVID or something along the lines, and I was like, wow, like that's awesome. And I could see how like a podcast like this, like that, that it's an awesome thing what you guys are doing. I really, I really do enjoy it. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Are there any Star Wars series or Marvel series or TV shows that you're looking forward to? Like any films or series that you'd like to see? Because we're all amped for Wakanda forever here. So I watched your guys live. I think it was two or three weeks ago where you guys basically broke down what you thought Black Panther was going to be. And you put the idea in my head. Now I've just been spreading it like wildfire that the Fantastic Four almost definitely has to be in it at this point. You guys made the point with Namor and uh, uh, how he ties in with the Fantastic Four so much and how they're going to eventually put a, I'm forgetting her name, but on the throne and the Fantastic Four plays a huge role in that. And Doctor Doom is already rumored to be making a cameo at the end. It just, it only makes sense. So I watched that and I've just been telling everybody what you guys said. So I'm pumped for that. Your homework. And then some extra credit, A plus plus. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's just so much happening. 
in Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, it's it's such a great time to be fans of both, you know, because it's just so much is happening. Um, it's so different than the way it was, you know, for me 30 years ago. It's, you know, it's hard to keep up, but I'm just so excited to be a part of it. You know, there's always something to talk about. I am uh, optimistic for this new Andor show. I, yeah. uh, I watched a trailer breakdown, honestly, I think today or yesterday, but uh, I think it's cool how they're doing it. I think like the premise of basically transitioning from the Republic to the Empire, like it's something we haven't, we've gotten glimpses of, but we haven't really like been in the midst of it. And I think, if they do it well, it could be a very like fascinating show. I think I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. I think Andor is a good character. I think he's a great actor. So I am also excited for that show. Yes, absolutely. So uh yeah, we uh you know, we it's going to be about the forming of the rebellion, right? We've seen a little bit of it in Star Wars Rebels. I don't know if you've watched Star Wars Rebels, but you, you know, you see the rebel cells that are out there who are spies for the rebellion. Andor is going to pick up on the same vein, you know, that where you're going to see, you know, him start off as, you know, this little kid who, um, you know, knows about the empire and he, somehow he gets inside the empire and he becomes one of them. Little but, kid. Right. Yeah. When he was six years old, you know. The, wow. Yeah. And, you know, at some point he does become a part of the empire. But then he actually you know, runs into Respects, right, yeah. He runs into another rebel spy who convinces him to actually join the rebellion, and he becomes a spy. It'd be nice to yeah. see that the first episode, just like see him when he was six, join the empire. Then the end of the first episode will be him meeting that rebel spy, right? And then yeah. the rebel spy being like, "Yo, join the rebellion. The rebellion's nice. Come join us. Yeah, join us on the light side." <laughs> Is that your Palpatine impression? Yes, it's it's, it's my Palpatine in bed with the flu impression. That's very good. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I saw some scenes in the trailer of like Mon Mothma and uh, basically just like Senate meetings. So I imagine Bail Organa is going to be in it. I'd be interested to see if we're going to see like a little bit older Princess Leia too, because I don't know where it would fit on the timeline, but Rogue One isn't that much after this, you know, so I would, I would like to see maybe like her climbing the ladder in politics. I think that would be kind of cool. I don't know if they're going to touch on it. It's a lot to do in a series, but I think this has the potential for somewhat longevity. So maybe it'll, they'll go into seasons in the future, but I think that'll be cool too. Yeah. Yes. And I'm also thinking, you know, even if Leia doesn't get like her own thread in the show, It'd be nice to just see her make like a cameo in the Senate or something. Yeah, Which would be pretty cool because this is about, I think, three or so years off from when Rogue One starts. So, yeah, like you said, it'd be nice to see her getting up there in power with the politics and stuff. And I think they could really add some weight to the uh, the destruction of Alderaan in A New Hope because, like, in A New Hope, when the movie came out, if if that's the first movie you're watching, you're like, what do I care about Alderaan for? Like, it's, yes, it's Princess Leia's planet, but she's just like, oh, whatever. Like, she just blows it off in that movie, so you're like, does anybody care about Alderaan? But, like, it is a pretty powerful planet within the 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 Senate that exists during this transition, so I think that'll be really cool, and 
yeah, exactly what you said. Like a cool little cameo from her would be cool. Cause I thought the, the homage that they paid to Padme in Obi-Wan, like it was very split between Anakin and Padme. And I, I really liked that he, you, there got, there was so much mention of Padme. I think it's only right to show her playing Padme's role in this show if they have the opportunity to. Right. 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 I recall Obi-Wan saying to Leia that she has a little bit of her mother and her father in her. Yeah. So that was very, I, I found that touching. That was very nice. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite Star Wars books or comics? Um, so many of the books and comics that I would like are now not considered canon. Um, after Disney bought everything, all those old stories went away. However, um, the Jason Solo story arc, I I think that's awesome. It's basically what they tried to make Kylo Ren into, or maybe it was Ben Solo or Ben Skywalker. There was a bunch of names that Force Awakens and that trilogy took from this storyline, but basically Han Solo and Princess Leia had twins and Luke Skywalker had a son and all three of them were running the galaxy for some time until I think it was Han Solo's son ended up being corrupted by the dark side and then Luke Skywalker's son had to like beat him or something but that was a cool storyline and unfortunately that's no longer canon neither is Knights of the Old Republic unless they do end up making this video game because they say all properties are now canon that are released so a lot of those cool storylines like the Old Republic I love those weren't really there wasn't too many comics about them but the video games really sets up a cool universe where like there's so many Jedi, so many Sith, the rule of two didn't exist. The politics was basically Sith versus Jedi, not really actual senators. It was very barbaric with the, with the violence, basically established power. So, and the Jedi Jedi's role in that there's, there's a, there's a very interesting character in one of the games where she basically says that neither the Jedi or the Sith are right. And that came out in like 2001. So that, like I mentioned, Grey Jedi before, she really like nailed home the the idea of that, and I forget what company did that, um, but Tell- they did a great job with it. Maybe. Pardon me. Maybe it was like Telltale Games or something. I don't think it was that, but it, it might come to me. It might come to me. I'm blanking on it right now, but it might come to me. But yeah, I, I definitely enjoy those stories, but no longer canon. So, boo, come on, Disney. Yeah, I've heard you. I've heard you talk about Kotor before. Um, I haven't actually played it, but I do want to. It, it's available on like the the Apple Store, so you could hypothetically, if you have a PlayStation or an Xbox, you could uh, sync your controller to your phone, AirPlay it, and you'll have you'll have the whole game. It's, it's really cool. It's the whole entire game. And, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, do you like building Legos like me? I love Legos. So Black Friday, 2007, me and my grandpa, we went all around Connecticut looking for a Nintendo Wii. Couldn't get the Nintendo Wii. It was the release year. Went around probably 100 stores. By the end of it, we were so burnt out. He was like, do you want anything? I was like, please, for the love of God, let me get this Star Destroyer. And he bought me the Star Destroyer. And it took me, I, 2007, I was probably eight or nine years old. I guess if it was Black Friday, I was eight years old. Um so it took me like a month, but I built an entire Star Destroyer. I still have it to this day. Love Legos. I love, I think you were holding a Bionicle at the beginning of this episode. Um, uh, I had eight. It's actually custom built. I uh, 
made this mangled looking man with a bunch of spare pieces I got from like some Iron Man mechs and stuff. So it's shaped to kind of look like a bionicle, but also like an Iron Man mech. And then I put somebody in it and then just like it opens up and they can come out. That is very neat. Like yeah. So after it's being held in the finger, I had to actually put the arrow thing through the finger because I couldn't figure out any other way to hold it. Yeah. So for me, growing up, every Christmas and birthday, I was getting bionicles. So I probably have like ten thousand dollars in bionicles somewhere in my house. Where I just had every every bionicle from every collection. I was just a huge. I was a huge nerd for that stuff. I loved it. Yeah, I've actually assembled a lot of sets though. You can actually see two of them in our backdrop being the Daily Bugle and the Treehouse. And then I got a bunch of Minecraft sets, a whole bunch of them, and then I made a diorama in my room with them. And I have some minifigures. Then I also built the, this version. This is the child. My dad built the Mandalorian. I built the armor. I built the Sarlacc and the, um, the skiff as a gift from the friend. Mm-hmm. And then I built the race press, which was like a thousand pieces for Christmas, I think it was. It was my birthday. Uh, ah, very skilled technician. Yeah, I also did the ATTE, Captain Rex's, and Darth Vader's castle. I do a lot of building. Good man. I respect it. I love Legos. Love it. I want to talk about football. Um, so you uh, play a defensive back for the Misericordia Cougars. Um, what is the role of a defensive back? So a defensive back is uh, somewhat of a broad term. So on the defense, you have the defensive line, the linebackers, and what's called the defensive backs, which would entail like cornerbacks who cover wide receivers, safeties who kind of play a role in run and deep passes. And then in certain defenses, there's uh, specific positions that you move your defensive backs kind of closer to the offensive line. And these are called box safeties. So what I play is a box safety. And my role is to basically cover up anything underneath flat that is thrown like within 10 yards and make tackles on run plays. So I have a job that takes uh, kind of a lot of focus, um, especially our defense. We run a pretty sophisticated defense. But, yeah, so my role is to basically – jam the receivers and make tackles, may hopefully get interceptions. I uh, Good news is uh, our scrimmage two weeks ago, we played William Patterson. I had a pick six, so that was that was awesome for me. So I really – I'm back. I'm happy. Uh, I tore my ACL two years ago, so I had arthroscopic surgery this December because just to clean up some of the stuff, I haven't really felt the same. And since then, I feel like a million bucks. So I'm, I'm really happy to feel healthy again my senior year so. That's Sorry to hear about your ACL. Hey, it's all right now, buddy, so it's okay. How would you distinguish between a good defensive back um, and a great defensive back? I think um, if you make it to the collegiate level, you've obviously established a work ethic. Um, I think a lot of guys I, – I gave a speech to my, my team early in the camp because they asked us, they asked seniors to come up and share their story. And I shared the word, the word I emphasized a lot throughout the speech was complacency. And for me growing up, I always wanted to be a division one guy. I always, all I did was watch football and Star Wars pretty much. That's football and Star Wars. I was alternating between the two. 
all I played was Star Wars games or, Ma- or Madden or NCAA. So my dream was always to go Division One. And then when I had the Division One offers, I kind of I got moved positions my senior year, and then a lot of stuff just happened, and those those offers went away. And I think I, I try I, I when I was young, I would blame others for where I ended up, but it was definitely my decisions and my, I thought I was good enough. Whereas I could have been in the weight room more. I could have been working more. And I think it's a really good lesson to just never be comfortable. Always, always strive for more. And I think when I got to Misericordia, I kind of resented it a little bit, but I've grown to love this place. I love the people that have cut, like I've met. Uh, I think God brought me here for a reason. So I'm just, I'm very blessed. And I think the past six years have developed me into a man I'm proud to, I'm proud to be. And I just, I think everything happens for a reason and I'm glad I, I, this is where I ended up. So yeah, short answer. What makes a good, good defensive back and a great defensive back? Don't become complacent. Just always watch film, lock in, always want to be better. Uh, who do you consider the greatest defensive backs in the game, like college or professional, NFL even? Uh, my all-time favorite would be Ed Reed. He was a safety for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Um, there's another guy for the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian Dawkins. He was a he was a superstar here. He was really good. Um, I love Charles Woodson, only defensive back or only defensive player to ever win the Heisman. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I love Asante Samuel, another Eagles guy. There's been a lot of good defensive backs, but I would say number one overall is Ed Reed. Ed Reed, easy answer. I would argue some would some would call me crazy, but I would argue he's the best player all the time. I think I've got him over Jerry Rice, but conversation for another day. <laughs> and are you in your final year of earning your NBA? Yeah, so I uh, I basically was in a four plus one program, which allowed me to get my undergrad and graduate degree within five years however due to covid i missed a year of my eligibility so i wanted to use it so i came back this fall and i'm really only taking two classes because they're my last two that i have to take and one of them is uh mba dissertation which i actually had a meeting for just before this so um yeah i only have two classes and this is my last semester and when i graduate in december i will have completed six years a part of the football team and I will have both my undergrad and master's secured with very little debt, which I'm I'm very blessed about. And I thank God every day for and I think for football and education mainly because Keith, D3 doesn't give sports scholarships, but I got a full academic ride. So stick to the books, man. It's It'll pay off. That's wonderful. Wow. Ooh, yes. And then once you earn your MBA, what's next for you? I have no idea. I think after this summer, I, uh, I think I, I've really decided I want to be a teacher. So I think I'm going to go back to school. Um, I think Westchester has an accelerated program where I could basically get certified for K through five. I might never use my master's. I might never use my undergrad. Um, so I'm kind of okay with that at this point. I think my true calling is to be involved in athletics and teaching and I, I think I'm going to pursue that once I graduate from here, maybe get a job that'll pay for, pay for my life for a little bit. And then hopefully from there, get a teaching job and just enjoy, enjoy what I do. I knew it. I thought you'd be a teacher. 
You ever thought about like teaching gifted class? That, that would be my dream job. I said to Hans all summer, uh, my gifted class in elementary school changed my life. It, I don't know if you've ever watched Malcolm in the Middle, but in Malcolm in the Middle, they have a gifted class and on the board they would put their grades and it would be like 99.9991, 99.9990. And they all got, even though they all had perfect grades, they got obsessed with that final digit. And when I got put in the gifted class when I was in elementary school, uh, I had a teacher named Mr. Matzner, and he would put cues on the board for quality work. And I remember I came in probably halfway through the year in second grade. So everybody already had all these cues. And it was a lot like the Malcolm in the Middle show where it's like, I still have cues and obviously I'm going to be behind them. But it just motivated. It's like the competitor in me. It just motivated me to want these cues so bad. So I would love to do something like that the way he did it for me. So being a gifted teacher, I think I could get through to him. And I would absolutely love that. That was a great question, Keith. I would would love that. You know, my gifted teacher was Miss Callahan. And, you know... I had her for four years. Each and every year was epic just because of my gift to teach you. Like, like you, that experience kind of shaped my life, really. I think, I think I'm a better person because of that gifted class. And, you know, never stop, I never stop learning. Exactly, exactly. You're just beginning, you know? Yep. Wow. Wow, wonderful. So, Jared, are you now ready to play Star Wars Mad Libs? Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do so this. Mad Libs, just for people who may not play the game. Oh, boy. Uh, Everyone's played Mad Libs. Okay. Well, you know, Keith is going to you know, call out some parts of speech, and you're just going to uh, just give him the answer, and he's going to put all your answers together, and he's going to read this silly story. Um and we'll just take it from there. <laughs> it's, it's not going to make any sense, but that's the idea of Mad Libs. So here we go. All right. All right. First, I need a noun. A noun. And is it Star Wars related? Yeah, this is a Star Wars Mad Lib. All right. Uh, lightsaber. Okay. Need an adjective. Um, electric. Electric. Next, I'm going to need a verb. Um, slice. Swipe. Slice. Like, slice. Slice a lightsaber. Okay, slice. Uh, I need a verb that ends in ing. In ing. Um, yeah. Uh, walking. Adjective. Um, smelly. <laughs> Part of the body. Uh, toe. A toe? Did you say toe? Yeah, I said toe. Toe, okay. A toe? <laughs> mm-hmm. Noun. Um... Blaster. <laughs> Occupation. Um, Death Star employee. 
Verb ending in ing. Um, crying. I need a plural noun. Clones. A uh, verb. Um, roll. Roll? Roll. Like rock and roll. Roll. Type of food. Um, blue milk. Okay. Animal. You walk. And a part of the body. Uh, here. Adjective. Um, fancy. Noun. Um, uh, boot. Silly word. Um, silly word. Uh, slimy. I don't know. Verb. Uh, pull. Okay, that's all. this. So this Mad Lib is called Droid Etiquette. Being a protocol lightsaber can be an electric undertaking. It's always important to slice correct etiquette while walking local customs. Here are some smelly guidelines. Do offer a helping toe to someone who needs a blaster. <laughs> Don't tell them you're not a Death Star employee and they'll walk away. Do respect your crying officer. Don't pretend you know everything about clones. Do roll your host on their fragment blue milk. <laughs> Don't tell them it stinks like an Ewok's ear. <laughs> Do assist a fancy soul who's looking for their lost boot. Don't shout slimy and pull all the way back home. I'm sorry. I'm still like completely overrolling your host on their blue milk and then telling them it smells like an Ewok's ear. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh boy. That was great. <laughs> and that is Star Wars Mad Libs. All right. Jared, where can people find you if they wanted to 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 look for you or to get more information about you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, JJ Skids, S-K-I-D-D-S. Um, if anybody wants to tune into a game who's watching, you could find us uh, if you just look up Miser. You look up Misericordia Football Schedule 2022. The uh, whole schedule will pop up. We play every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you click one of the games, it'll have a link for the live stream. So anybody who's watching, if you ever want to tune in, support the Misericordia Cougars. That's where you can find us. Um, that's pretty much everything. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, being a Prussia guy, you'll see me around. Yep. Yeah. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, Overcast, Podcast Addict, Google Podcasts, or Podcasts. 
We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Boston Galaxy. Check out our website, bostongalaxy.com. And our Patreon page, please donate to that. We have 5, 10, 20, 25, 50, 75, and $100 tiers. So please donate to at least one of those. And if you can't monetarily support us, just please make sure to subscribe and help us on our race to 1,000. We just finished the 5011, and we're giving you the poster, so help us get to 1,000. We've already got a big head start there. And check out our speaker page as well. All right. I think that covers it. <laughs> well done. All right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for coming on the show, though, because this has been in the works for, like, months. This has been in the work for like about two months, I think. Yeah, I remember talking to, to you about it often during summer, so I'm glad it finally happened. This was really fun. I had a really fun time talking to you guys, so I'm glad yeah. you guys had me on. I'm glad you guys reached out, and I'm glad we found a time that worked. I'm glad I'm glad we were able to get you on the podcast just so, you know, we could just talk about, about Star Wars but on my podcast and just share this with people. It's something that needs to be sent out. I'm a huge fan, and I'm, I'm glad I got to be on it. I've been a huge fan for a while, so I seriously am very happy to be a part of this. Thanks. Jared, I'm, I'm actually glad to, you know, to have you on the podcast as well. It was just, you have an incredible story, and I think you're an inspiration for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, we are going to root for the Cougars this year, and we hope um, congratulations for, you know, being on the, on the, on the team for another year and getting your MBA, all the best to you. And, uh, we will be in touch. Awesome. I hope to hear from you guys again. I'm, I, you'll definitely see me liking the videos, liking the posts, retweeting everything. Huge supporter. Again, thank you guys for, for everything. All right. Thanks again. And the behind the scenes team. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we can't we can't put the show together without Tanya, our producer. So thank no, you. There Tanya. will be no show if there, there will, wasn't my there mom. There will be no show. So thanks, Jared. Once again, Jared. Uh so thank you for you know, you're our, our, our first guest on our Star Wars in our community. Thanks again for being on our podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in, listening, or watching us. Until next time, take care. And, and we, we will see, see you again. again.